Today on the way to work, we stopped at Dunkin' Donuts and Steve had to sneeze and he went outside to do it and he didn't see the girl that was coming in and he sneezed right in her face. <laughs> she, she Dracula elbow, <laughs> may I introduce you? Right she in here. She ate his sneeze right in her face. He will never stop thinking about that. No. He will replay, and so will she, honestly. <laughs> replay it over and over and over. That's terrifying. That's horrifying. Hi, Julian Bentavalli. Hello, Patrick Hines. Sam, I'm on tour with my book party. If you're hearing this the day it comes out, tonight I'm sold out in Atlanta, so if you wanted to come, too late. Okay, wow. <laughs> but wait, guess what? I'm going to be in Indianapolis and Kansas City. We're sold out in Indianapolis, but Kansas City, April 14th, there are still some tickets available. I've been dying, dying, dying to play Kansas City. Yeah. So the people who are coming are very excited that I'm coming. Amazing. We're almost sold out, so please, Kansas City, come and see me. Go hang out. Get your tickets at patrickfails.com. Click on the CS Live link. I would to the New York show and it was great just saying thank you I'm having such a good time People, if you're in the Facebook group you'll see people are really That's enjoying it it's sweet. a really really fun and night Natalie has finally gotten the celebrity status she deserves Natalie is the star people are we do, I do a meet and greet with everybody after the show people want pictures with Natalie more than they want it's, I've seen, it's, she's my entire feed it's my favorite I thing know. I love it so much oh. hey tell them why they should check out our Patreon and all the extra bonus content they can get well yeah because we're covering things like we just did Killer Sally and yes. House of Hammer and we're doing Pepsi Where's My Jet we got that Pez thing coming up right Pez, yeah. Pez is on the calendar. Pez, what's it called? The Pez Outlaw? The Pez Outlaw, but that's a one-off, so that'll okay. be on the regular feed. Oh, okay. But it's on the cal. Okay, great, great, great. Yeah, and you get tons of bonus content. There's a bunch of our videos of our live shows. Yeah. There's the Obsessed Fest live show. It's all ad-free. Yeah, all ad-free. The live show in Boston where we did Class Action Park, which is just a hilarious and riot. You, you get it all right away. Yes, exactly. There you go. All right, what are we talking about today? We are talking about uh, the episode of Dateline called Killings in a College Town about the Idaho Murders. You listened to this podcast episode, you said? I listened to the Dateline podcast episode and now we're covering the actual episode. Episode, I was like obsessed. Everyone is talking about this. There's a lot of very unanswered questions. It's a really tragic, sad case. And I'm interested to really hear your take. Yeah. Keely and Maddie were doing everything right that night. They had no idea what was about to happen. It's America's most heartbreaking mystery. Four students in the middle of the night stabbed to death. My heart sank. How did this happen? Now, exclusive new information revealing new details about the investigation. The suspect. I feel like I witnessed a side of Brian that other people might not have. This is someone who wants to show us that he has power. What was it like to sit in that room watch him? He looks scared, as he should be. We're ready. We're ready for this case. Keith is our host. Does this guy sleep? What's going on? You know, Keith cries at the end of this episode. I've never seen him cry before. Oh, he gets, he gets a little choked up. He gets a little emotion. Yeah, they all do. Because they're not monsters. Sometimes he also yells at the killers. And what does he say? When he goes, I don't give a flying fuck about that. Well, he didn't go up to that (laughs) octave, but yeah, I don't give a sweet flying fuck about that. Or he goes, bullshit. That's not how it happened. You know it. (laughs) He said, yeah. I love my Keith. Here we are. Yeah. It's November 13th, 2022. We're in Moscow, Idaho, which I did not know there was a Moscow. Well, it's Moscow. Okay. So it's Moscow like you the best. You, you see the private school shaming she's doing? Well, I Googled it. Because okay. I was like, why is everyone pronouncing it wrong? Oh, wait, I'm the idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's pronounced like Roscoe the bedbug sniffing dog. Do you remember him? <laughs> yeah. So there was a commercial uh-huh. in New York that would play on like New York One. Or it was like, hey, where's Roscoe? Like <laughs> 10 right. times. Yes, yes, yes. And then it would cut to some guy being like, He's working. And then 
That was the whole. It's on YouTube. You can watch the commercial. But it was he. His name is Roscoe. He's a working dog. He sniffs out bed bugs. Oh my god! Where's Roscoe? He's working. So it's Moscow, like Roscoe. It's Moscow, like Roscoe, the bed bug sniffing dog. That is wild. Moscow. So we meet a student named Martha, and she and her friends had been out partying the night before. These kids party at this school. Yeah, it's. I mean, but like, isn't that all college? Yeah, it's the university, especially with Greek life. I guess so. It's University of Idaho. She says she partied. We'd gone to fraternity until probably like pretty late that night. I got up probably around 10 45 11 got ready to go do some homework. So that November 13th Martha drove the few blocks over to the Sigma Chi fraternity where she and some friends planned to work together. They went to, it was, well, it's a group project, those group projects. Uh, to which mostly, I just say barf. You know, college was mostly great. I am really glad to never have to do homework ever again. Yeah, homework, any group project. I also, my college didn't have Greek life, so I yeah. didn't know anything about any of this. I went to Emerson, which was very gay, but also weirdly had like a big, we, like Theta Thursdays was like a thing. Theta Thursday? Theta okay. Thursday. I once went to a Theta Thursday and I did a body shot off of a boy, a straight boy. And I also, they had um, a shot luge. Yeah. You would pour the thing down the ice sure. and then like like drink it at the bottom. So you went to like the the like American Pie College yeah, or no, like no, the no, can't no. hardly wait. Like, no, but it so, was like that like, sounds like a college yeah. like a college party from the movies. Like a regular college, not yeah. like a gay college. Yeah. 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 Okay, fun. So they're doing this group project and they're waiting for their friend Hunter Chapin. He's late. Yeah. So we're gonna learn about some of these people. And Hunter yeah. is one of the Chapin triplets, they say. There's Hunter, Maisie, and Ethan. And they were all in Greek life and they were all super, super popular. Yeah, Maisie, great name. One of my parents' dogs' names is Maisie. Yeah. Oh Adopted. really? Yeah. Oh my god. Pete and Maisie. Oh right. Then we meet Katarina and she's yeah. uh, another friend and student and she explains that she got a text from the local police department. It was like an alert, like a text alert. The text was something named for the college mascot, a vandal alert. Vandal alert, Moscow PD investigating a homicide on King Road near campus. Stay away from the area and shelter in place. Essentially, there might be a serial killer on the loose. Everybody stay fucking calm. The fucking scream of it all. You like, I, like, can you imagine getting a text like that from your like the, your police in college? Right. Terrifying. Like, messages like this, no matter what, always turn people into Michael Scott. Stay Oh, yeah, it's happening. It's happening, but only in the worst in way. In the worst way possible. Like, that is terrifying. Yeah. I, like, I'll stay where I am, but I'm going to be trembling the entire time, and I'm not kidding. I'm glad that they alerted the student body or whatever, but, like, have more information. I guess, or I don't know. We're, we're going to have, like, the information debate about, well, like... <laughs> but this is the thing about... This is, like, Dateline. This is what they do, right? Like, they, they started... I imagine there's going to be 800 episodes about this. Yes. So, like, this is the first episode about these murders, yeah. and we don't know a ton, but the questions are very interesting yeah we're back with martha and she calls hunter and she's like girl are you coming yeah and he says no i think my brother ethan is dead my god so like the cops aren't giving any information but somehow that's not stopping all of the what we are going to find out is like correct scuttlebutt from getting out amongst all the students right so martha is friends with ethan's girlfriend ethan is the one the presumed brother. dead right and her name is zana kernodal and martha texts she does like such a good friend move right yeah, now. Yeah, this is what you would do. This is like the Jillian Pensavalli school oh, of texting. Thanks. Yes. All she does is text I love you. Yeah. Which is great because it's not asking anything from Xana. Right. But it's also letting Xana know that someone's there for her. Yeah. And then she goes outside and talks to another friend and the friend's like sorry, Xana's dead too. Like what the fuck? How do these kids know? It's Saturday morning. And like nothing has been released but everybody knows everything. Like small town college life, wild. Right. So now we meet about Kaylee and Madison. It's Kaylee, 
Gonsalves, she is one of our victims, and Madison Mogan, who is Kaylee's best friend. They're yeah. like the best, best, best of friends. Kaylee's parents are both here. They're the only parents we get in this episode, but they explain to us that like they were like sisters. They've been yes. best friends since sixth grade. And the mom, Christy, her niece had called to say like, hey, I'm down in the college town and I'm sorry to tell you, but like Kaylee's been murdered. I know. Everyone's freaking out. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? So the mom calls Kaylee's phone. It goes right to voicemail. Concerning. Right. She calls Madison and her phone is ringing and ringing and ringing. And the mom is like, okay, everyone calm down. If anything had happened to Kaylee, Madison would have called us. So it's fine. But like in that moment, the sheriff knocks on the door. And I actually took off to my bedroom and the rest of the family answered the door. It was true. She was dead. They were both dead. Kaylee and Madison are both dead. Right. And so are Ethan Chapin and Zana Kernodal. So these are the our four victims. And here. what's like a, extra tragic about this is that Kaylee, who's Maddie's best friend, didn't live at the house. She had lived there. She had moved out. She graduated early. She graduated early, had this like amazing job lined up in Austin. She's coming back for like one party weekend with her best like friend. Like one last party weekend. And happens to be there for the fucking murder. Yeah. And there are two roommates that survived. Yeah. This is wild. This is part of the information we don't really have a lot of information on at this point. Right. So Bethany Funk and Dylan Mortensen. They're w- both girls. Yes. And so we meet John the reporter. Yeah. And he's, he's like... He's great he had a hair on him, that guy. Really knows how to get ready for a camera interview. <laughs> he's like good looking. He's got a jawline for days. Looks like he took a fucking course on blow drying his yeah. hair. Yes, absolutely. You know what? I mean? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to sign up for that. You should. Is John, no, so that's what John said. Oh, I was going to say, should, can I join? Totally. I need some help. John is like, yeah, so the cops weren't saying anything. Four people are killed, but there is no threat to the public. So like, but why wasn't there a threat to the public? This is what's so enraging as like now a parent. The cops are like, don't worry. Yes, four kids are dead, but there's no threat to the public. But also we don't have anyone in custody and we have no leads on who it could possibly be. But we're pretty sure that he's not like around here anymore. Stay safe, everybody. (laughs) And everyone's like, you can't possibly know that. Right. So everyone is terrified and the students, women. And can I just say like, Right away, the cops are sowing distrust in the community because the cops are lying to them. Yeah, I have some... When we get to the TikTokers, I have some thoughts about it all. (laughs) That sounds about right. You know? (laughs) But everyone was terrified. Martha returned to her sorority house and along with dozens of young women gathered all their beds in one big room. And just cried, cried, cried. And at this point, we didn't have any answers. Like We didn't know anything. They're grabbing their beds and pulling them all together. Like, it literally sounds like a horror movie. Yeah, because they just feel safety in numbers and no one knows what's going on. And it's just, I I, I mean, I just can't, I can't imagine it. It's wild because we learned that this is this city's first homicide in seven years. Seven. It's like an incredibly, like, as for a college town, it's a super safe place to live. Yeah. Oh my God, seven years. Yeah. So John, the reporter, marches into City Hall to see the mayor. So John's like, you're telling us that there's no threats to the public, but you don't have anybody in in custody. Like, why are you saying that we're safe? And the mayor is saying because it was a crime of passion. Right. Because there was no burglary, no robbery, no hostage taking. The mayor is assuming that the murderer knew the suspect and it was basically a targeted killing. Right. 
And that's it. Okay, bye. Right. So Brad Maskell is an investigator, and he's not working on the case, but he's keeping a close eye on it. So we this is because this is a case that's ongoing. Like, the guy who did this horrible fucking thing hasn't even gone to trial yet. So Dateline is going to do that thing where they're like, we're going to get someone not involved, but someone what? who, like, knows, <laughs> like, an expert in investigating or yes. an expert in DNA yeah. and not the actual person working the case because they can't. I'm a little hot and cold with this guy, too, because sometimes he gives us good information, and other times I'm like, what are you talking? About. Well, the last 25 minutes is like, let's just all just speculate wildly, totally. shall we? And I'm like, this could have, yes. sometimes you do 42 minute episodes, Dateline. It's true. And like, this one definitely had a lot of filler in it. Right. Which is sort of like, don't do that either. Yeah. Because basically, this guy, Brad, says it must have been a murder suicide situation. And like, as the expert, he's saying like, that was his expert opinion. And Keith is like, nope, wasn't no, that. No. <laughs> wasn't that masculine? Mm, strike one, Brad. Exactly. That's not what's going on. But the crime scene was so horrible. The four had been stabbed to death. Kaylee and Maddie together in one bed on the home's third floor. Ethan and Zana on the second floor, in Zana's bedroom where they were staying. A scene so troubling, some first responders were kept out altogether. Some EMTs weren't even allowed in. It was like, if you don't have to be here, don't be here. Yeah, I mean, it's brutal. And when we eventually see the knife that we know was the kind of knife that, that, that was killed, they say to us at one point, anybody can get a handgun. You could have done this like in a way that wasn't so violent. The point was to infuse terror. Uh-huh. Like The murderer wanted the victims to be terrified. Yeah, well, he's a piece of shit incel, so fuck this guy. Yeah, yeah. So now we spend 45 minutes dealing with these idiots on TikTok who are speculating wildly and ruining lives and slowing down the case. And Keith hates them. <laughs> yeah. The, here's the thing. I'm with you. I think this is all stupid. But like what I wanted to say was we all also watch these TikToks. And like one of the reasons this case got so big was because of the TikTok stuff. And the reason that is, is because the cops weren't giving any information. So rather than like having concrete facts to go on, mm-hmm. like all these kids on TikTok are just sort of like speculating wildly. And they're like, you know, they're like zooming in on the house on Google Maps or whatever and everyone is so quote fascinated by it because we know it's just really like brutal awful killing but the cops who have been investigating the scene they've been in and out of that house they definitely know stuff they're not telling us anything and so like the world is just sort of like dying to know what we don't know and this is where I'm saying like cops have got to do this better we have to accept that we live in a world where I know you don't like giving information but if you don't this is what's going to happen and this is how like misinformation gets spread yeah it's a really shitty situation because like some of the women who were moving beds into a living room so they could feel safe trying to understand how they feel safe I would understand that but these are people who have no connection to Idaho who just want the content and the clicks and the engagement and you don't live TikTok a fucking murder case you don't do it so like and I don't know like I'm not in the business of defending cops but I don't know if like they have a right for like some content creator not connected to this like I just don't understand but at the same time Dateline's not doing it much better because what Dateline does though is they they replay the TikToks that they then tell us aren't real you know what I mean so like we're still seeing these people's faces we're still getting their names you know Keith does make a point here's where I think Keith definitely wrote his own copy. Keith, DMs are open. Please confirm or deny how often you write your own copy because I'd like to know. I believe that Keith for sure writes his own copy because he speaks it like he wrote it. Because he says... It wasn't long, of course, until the internet crime sleuths latched on. Dried blood, no blood at all. And here, unchecked and unrestrained, true crime fans second-guessed and named innocence as possible suspects. We just got another major puzzle piece. Viralized speculation. It's viralized speculation. So Keith is like... 
check this shit out. I'm about to debunk it for the next 45 minutes. That's the vibe I got. It's true. And so like three days after the murders, the cops finally hold a press conference to say that they basically know nothing. They're like, remember that whole thing where we said that like there was no community threat? We're going to go ahead and take that all back now. And this is where they say that a knife was used. It was the first like real detail that was released by police. And like they do not have a suspect. They don't know who it is. They don't know anything about this person. And they don't have the knife either. No. They don't have any clothing left behind. And Keith goes, what did the police not know? A lot. Right. (laughs) But we also learned that there was no forced entry. And this is where we get that they're like, this college town was so safe that people didn't lock their doors or windows. How is any college town safe? I don't know. Do you know know. what I'm saying? I think it's all scary. Yeah. I think it's all terrifying. We learn about the house where the murders took place that the entrance to the house was through a slider in the back on what is technically the second floor. And the house was on a hill. Yes. And like we're going to learn later that the killer was like stalking this house and had done like dry runs. He had at one point gotten so close to the actual physical house that the Wi-Fi detected him. Like he, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he knew that the like slider. Like whatever their Wi-Fi was named at the house, like yes, that's, that's was, what he was connected to. Yes. And so they like he knew that the slider was open because he tried it before. And so Like, this is relevant. So the cops need evidence from the scene. But here's the problem. I would believe that there would be a lot of blood evidence. Along with that will be touch DNA. That could possibly give you an identity of the the perpetrator. But complications. The house on King Road had been the regular setting of large parties. People were always, always, and I mean always coming and going. Like and there were parties, hundreds of people. There were parties when the four people who lived there, six yes. people weren't home. There were just parties. That blows my mind. This is literally why I went to an art school. And that's not to say that the art freaks can't party. Say, we, didn't we just hear about an ice luge? <laughs> At Theta Thursdays at Emerson College. What is Theta, is Theta Thursday? Is that just like a weekly standing party? Yeah, like the Theta House on whatever street it was on. Like that's where you went for your Did party. They try to Thursday make night. you say it when you're hammered. Theta Thursdays. <laughs> How many ice luges? I went one time, did an ice luge and a body shot off a hot straight guy. Turned around and went home. Goodbye. But like, I cannot imagine going to a college where people can just have a party at your house when nobody who lives there is there. Hundreds of people. Well, they were- And like young, disgusting college boys. (laughs) And this is why they couldn't get DNA from the inside of the house of the killer because it was always being overrun by these disgusting young college kids. And what is- Puking everywhere, I'm sure. Right. So they were constantly getting in trouble for noise complaints. And we see- they spare no time. We see body footage of each girl living it's in this so, house getting yelled at by the cops. It's so fucking crazy to I be know. like, oh my God, that's Kaylee. Oh my, oh my God, Zama. Like, oh my God. But they're always coming out apologizing at for like the two music. In the afternoon. I know. Can you imagine you're just trying to do your homework and there's a fucking Dana Thursday event downstairs right. with some gay guy trying to get the straight guy's shirts off to do body shots? That's you. I, that's me. That's no, you. I did that. Yeah. I did it successfully, though. Well, good. Thank you. Isn't that, I mean, yeah, I guess uh, gay like dreams ice... do come true, Jillian. They do, and there's almost always an ice luge involved. It's true. <laughs> so the weekend of the murder, there's yet another party. As many as 150 people attended. Right. I mean, this means that any and all DNA are useless, right? Is useless, exactly. right? Because there are over 150 people coming and going, and like probably a couple parties a week, I would think. Or I... it was just a social house. It's like yeah. where everyone sort of went. So DNA is kind of like what? Like You're where not do you even get start? Anything. Yeah. So the cops start to build timelines for each of the victims, and we see this like really tragically beautiful photo of the four victims together 12 hours before the murder. Yeah. And it's like Kaylee or Maddie is on the other one's shoulder, you know, yeah, yeah, and like yeah. they're they just look like they're young. They're going 
to a football game and they're going to go to parties that night. Like, they have no idea. Within 12 hours, they're all going to be dead. Right. So it's Saturday night. It's 9 p.m. Ethan and Zana go to a Sigma Chi party and everything was great, right? Kaylee and Maddie are at this club downtown and it's so heartbreaking because the parents are like, Kaylee and Maddie were doing everything right that night. They were together. They had a, a, a safe ride home. They weren't out there, you know. Coming back from a club, doing any risky b- behavior, yeah. out on dates, th- there was nothing. I don't know. Everyone always says, like, stay together. And they did. And, like... And they're, like, we see surveillance footage because they go to this place called the Grub Truck to get food. Yeah. And then they do this thing where, like, they get their food. We'll get more on this later. But they then call, because they're in a sorority or whatever, they call an underclassman whose job it is to, like, stay home, stay sober, and wait for the upperclassman to call you so you can come pick them up. The fucking lowerclassman pledges have to come and pick them up at, like, 2 in the morning. Can you... Why does anyone want to do this? So they say... But, like, I don't know why anyone... I, I, please don't get mad at me. I, I don't get the Greek life I thing. I specifically no. went to a school that didn't have it. Yes. For my personal reasons, everyone can do what they want to do. I know it's very, very important like, to some people. I just don't get it. you want to be the pledge it. where you have to, like, get paddled naked in front of your the brothers? The pledging thing, I yeah. just don't... I know it changed your life, dear <laughs> listener. I'm so fucking happy for you. It's just not for me. And that has to be okay. That's like, okay. it has to no be okay that I don't like you. everything. The, look, the perceived yelling is getting to be a lot. Ah. <laughs> uh, so, but they say it's safer than an Uber or a Lyft because you know the person. Yeah. And I'm like, none of this sounds safe. Right. Like, I barely think Lyft is safe half the time. But, like, is this regulated or tracked somehow? Do these underclassmen have GPS on them? So, like, it can be a little... I mean, at least Lyft has that, and right? Yeah, you're right. And it's only, like, a mile to the house. They get back to the house around 1.56 a.m. And Zana and Ethan had gotten home a few minutes before them. So, Keith says... Zana and Ethan had arrived at the house already a few minutes before Kaylee and Maddie. So by 2 a.m., all six residents were safely home. Or so they must have believed. Or so they thought. Or so they thought. And I'm not, like, victim-blaming them for getting in the school lift. It's just... And it was safe. It's like... Uh, going yeah. a mile. Yeah, and I'm glad that they have, like, designated drivers and the whole thing. I think it must be really hard to be a kid in college. And I guess if I guess it's easier to be the designated driver if you're a pledge. Then yes. you could say, like, I have to. Yes. But I can't imagine that peer pressure of, like, then trying to be the kid who gets everyone home safely. And then everyone's <laughs> making fun of you <laughs> until you're the one who, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. people are just so mean. Yeah. <laughs> so I can imagine being like, I'm just here with my water. But you have that sort of safety net of, like, oh, I'm pledging. Right. So yeah. I have have to do this it's a rule yeah i mean it sounds awful i just it sounds awful i used to say you couldn't pay me to go back to high school you also can't pay me to go back to college. I, I, I had a good you. time at college. I did too, but there's a lot. I'm just scared of the world now. I know. I'm just getting, I'm getting to be like a reckless, like I'm scared of everything. I well, think. I mean, I was in college before cell phones. It was easier back then. Really? Yeah. I mean, like I graduated in 2000. Were there pagers? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I didn't you, have one. But I'm sure, I'm sure there was like the most lucrative cab company in all of Boston. Yes. And like all of them were vouchers. right near the. So like you didn't have to have money on you. Like you would have your cab voucher and you'd call the checker cab company and they they would come pick you up and you'd give them the voucher. Did you just like have an account, basically? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you could get them from public safety so like you could always get home. And That's there was cool. a shuttle. There was an Emerson shuttle until two in the morning and you could call it and they would come and pick you up. That's cool. Yeah. So like even if you don't have cash on you, you can still get home safely. Exactly. That's kind of cool. Yeah. All right, good job. What a, you know, <laughs> Acme cab company or whatever. Totally. <laughs> what 
whatever you must be called. So shortly before 3 a.m., we see this body cam footage of these cops responding to some, like, alcohol call for these, like, underage drinkers. And these, like, three, like, 16-year-old boys are just fucking hammered. They're like, shit. And the cops are like, we're, we're guessing you're not 21, right? They're doing that thing, I'm assuming, that smokers do where they talk, <gasps> they talk like that <laughs> because they, like, just inhaled or whatever. Can you tell I've it's never like, smoked They're, like, drinking fucking wine coolers yeah. in the park or whatever. Right. But the Zima. point is, some internet sleuth says, Okay, you guys, this is absolutely huge. At exactly 3.12 a.m., 45 seconds in, you can hear, like, the screams of a female. But later, the police, mum about most things, said the incident was not related to the murders. It gets debunked. But, like, what it was it? And if it was a scream, did you check on her and is exactly. everything okay? Meanwhile, I've watched this episode four times and I haven't heard the scream any one I of the time. And you can't hear it. No. But, again, like, everyone is so desperate for information. And I do believe people are trying to, like, legitimately help that they're, like, any of this publicly available, like, body cam footage, people are going through all of it. Yeah, I, I just, I get... I think there are people like that, but I think they're few and far between. Yeah, so. but I mean, once again, people are fascinated by true crime. I like guess. It's undeniable. But Dateline made a point to have the person where it's like, and everything the psychic medium said was true. <laughs> and I'm like, Keith, I get you. I got gotcha. you. was my favorite I know moment. exactly, because it's like, <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Shut, shut I want to believe it's in so psychic medium. It's so irresponsible. I know. Like, like, and you know, I believe, like, whatever. Yes, yes, I'm just yes. saying to make content, like someone who's not connected to the case at all and who's just like, I... I want to be trending on TikTok. Uh-huh. Stop it. I agree. But now we learn that Kaylee had a long-standing ex-boyfriend named Jack. So they were long-standing boyfriend-girlfriend. Right. The breakup is the new thing. Right. And so Jack was very soft-spoken. Everyone says he's so, 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 so nice. Kaylee's parents are like, he adored Kaylee. Comes from a very nice family. Jack is the kind of kid that, you know, he he would come over and the first thing he would do is, uh, you know, take off his shoes. and uh, Take the garbage take out. Take the garbage out. That kind of won um, me over. You know. <laughs> he's a shoes off kind of kid. Shoes off kind of kid. And the dad says that he's the kind of kid that would come over to your house and take out the trash. The dad really loved him for that. And Jack knows Every way to get right into a parent's heart. Yes, 100%. You take your shoes off when you come in the door. You, oh, is it, oh, can I do the dishes? No, you said you've been working so hard. <laughs> no, he seems like a great guy, but he's like immediately the internet suspect number one. Because Jack and Kaylee dated for five years. Kaylee's get to the, 20. Get to the thing you want to talk about. Kaylee's 20. Yes. They were dating since they were 15. And? Wait, they were okay. on a break, and the whole point was that they were going to, like, see how it goes. Yes. And it's like, you're 20. And like, the yes. parents are like, they're soulmates, and they're probably going to find their way back to each other, but whatever, they're taking a break. They're 20 years old. You haven't even said it. I can't believe your self-control is amazing. They had a dog together yeah. named Murphy. They shared custody. Here we are. So we're finally here. Of Murphy. Yes. Can you act 17? I they're know. They're acting like they're 40. I know. It's and so crazy. Like, kids, I feel so old. This episode is making me feel so old, I because I feel like 17-year-old kids are not the 17 I was or yes. the way you were. Like, I used to know 17-year-olds is a different, and now they have shared custody. Well, Kaylee was human, 21, so, like, they were a little bit older. To me, the whole dog in college sounds like a ball and chain in a way like a spouse never did. It's it's worrisome for both the dog and the person. 100%. But the internet is going after Jack. Because Murphy was with Kaylee, so right. they had shared custody. <laughs> so, so the dog was there when she was murdered. Right. On the night of November 13th, Murphy was staying with Kaylee. So now, a bonfire of rumors. Why was Murphy unharmed? Why didn't he bark and warn everyone? Because he knew the killer? So it went online 
is it because the dog knew the killer? Right. And who would that killer have been? The boyfriend. Right. And the dog was unharmed. It was almost as if the dog wasn't actually there. Yes. Yeah. Meanwhile, it cuts to the parents and the cops and everyone's like, it wasn't Jack. It wasn't it, Jack. It just wasn't Jack. But for like a week, it was according to TikTok. Exactly. And, and the thing is, because also like the internet somehow knows. Yeah. I, that's the thing. It's like the cops aren't giving any information out, which is like fine, I guess. But then like they seem to get information. Like TikTok somehow knows that Kaylee and Maddie tried to call Jack like 10 times that night. Yeah. And again, like the girls called him, but he never answered. So he must be a murderer. But and they I'm like, also say they he, they tried to call him between like 1.30 and 2.30 in the morning. Uh, yeah. And they're like, why didn't he answer? That's so weird. I'm like, it's, it's two o'clock in the morning. Maybe he's asleep. Exactly. Maybe his phone's off. Maybe he has the do not disturb. Maybe he's out partying and didn't check his phone. Yeah. Like everyone calm the fuck down. <laughs> I know. But I got to Can you imagine you- if they got my missed calls? I I'd be I'd be locked up for the rest of my life. Fam, I'd never answer my Jillian phone. Jillian Pensavalli's phone will be sitting right next to her. She doesn't even know it's ringing. I don't. It's like in our friendship, in the six years that we've known each other, there have been maybe three or four times I'm like, this is a legit emergency yeah. and I'm calling you and I know the phone is right next to you ringing and you're just not seeing it or hearing it. There was one time, I know exactly what time in particular. <laughs> we were both getting ready for something yes. and my, I, know, I knew it was going to be an all day affair. My phone was charging. I was primping. Yes. Tell them what it was. You can go ahead and tell them my shame. So what Fam, happened, I can't believe I've never told you this story. You might, you did on TikTok a little bit. Oh, did bit, I? Okay. I think in the makeup. So oh, we God, were, this was so bad. We were getting some new like promo shots for TCO because yes. again, in six years, we like didn't have new ones. Right. So we went to our dear friends, Curtis and Court. So I was getting ready. I was like, yeah, I'll come. I'll like have my hair done, but I love the way Court does makeup. So I'm like, I trust yes. her. Like, can she please do it? I had a full morning. We had to, I had to be there at like nine. So I was like, I have to work out, wash my hair, do my, like all that yes. stuff. And I knew that my phone was like dying. So I have it charging. Meanwhile, in Hell's Kitchen, I woke up early and I'm like, you know, my beard is a little gray. So I'm like, I'm going to dye my beard. I'm going to do it that morning. The day of a photo shoot. <laughs> Please. Which, I dyed my beard and I left the color in too long. It like dyed my skin. Yeah. My face was like, my face looked like I had just like taken chocolate syrup and poured it and like smeared it on my face. Like It was like I took Sharpie mm-hmm. and I like colored in my face. So then another choice you made yeah. was to start scrubbing it off so now it's red and irritated. Yes. And I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do. Like, I look insane and I'm calling you being like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I took nail polish remover and tried to use... So I am calling to get the lift. Yes. Like we yes. were discussing. And then I see, and then I'm like, oh my, and I literally dropped my bag. Because you saw like, that you had what? 19 missed calls for me. And you were like, before, I need to talk to you before you leave. Yes, yes, yes. Because you didn't know if we had to cancel the photo shoot yes. and then I'd be on my way there yes. and then have to turn around, which like would have not have been the end of the world, by the way. I'm telling you, working with me is amazing, you guys. It was, but guess what? Then everything was fine. Yes. And, and I think the pictures look really good, they actually. They look great. So the internet is convinced that Jack, the ex-boyfriend, is the murderer. And while the cops aren't saying any information, they do like make it, have a press conference to clear Jack's name. Yes. The yes. cops are like, shut the fuck up about Jack. It's you didn't Jack. do it. Go to bed and have some water, you stupid TikTokers. Exactly. And so now we learn about Food Truck Guy. And I'm telling you, I'm part of the problem because I would have watched this all day long. Really? Yes. I've been in the closet about this, but I'm kind of like scrolling true crime TikTok. Like I, I just can't turn it off. But Food Truck Guy, th- so Kaylee and Maddie left that club. Okay. And it's 
like one o'clock in the morning. They go to the food truck to get food and we see surveillance video of this. There's a guy in a hoodie who like is looking at them. He's kind of lurking behind them right. and he's looking at them. He's not talking to them. They are giving no indication that they know him. Yeah. There are other people around, but he's prominently in the frame kind of staring at them. He sees the camera and puts his hood up and then Kaylee and Maddie, they sort of get their food and they kind of move to the side and he follows them to sort of stand closer to them. He's now talking to another group of people. Still hasn't talked to them. They certainly don't know who he is. They go to get into their car has arrived. He turns over and like throws his arm in the air in frustration. He's just like, what the hell? As though he knew them. And then he takes off quickly in the direction of the house. So now True Crime TikTok thinks he's the killer. Yeah. This is where I draw the line. I want the information. I just don't want to then jump to he's the killer. But I want to like, I'm curious to know more about Food Truck Guy. Yeah, I, I think it's just someone who was hammered, who was like, Checking out. I'm gonna these... try to talk to these hot girls. Yeah, and then they left, and he's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Like that, that, like I, you can't hear anything. Right. I'm not defending drunk guys who are hitting on girls, but he didn't say anything to them. Yeah, and then he might have just been like, just for the sake of his boys, to uh-huh. be like, "Oh, struck out, man." Uh huh. Like I guess, but like I'm just saying, that's the kind of thing you would think if the cops saw that they would be looking into that guy. Fine. But then the cops do clear. They hold another press conference to clear him and also the other roommates who were home at the time. Right. Martha, the friend, makes an excellent point because she hates the TikTokers. And she's like... One of the things that made it the toughest was the TikTok sleuths. It was odd because you'd be with people that you're literally, like, actively grieving with, and then you'd, like, open Facebook or you'd open TikTok, and then it would be why the person sitting next to you is the one that did it. We're grieving, and then these random TikTokers are accusing those of us who are grieving of murder? Like, right. how does that make sense? No, of course, this happens everywhere. Like, Ugh. any any time something like this happens, this it's it's awful. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's really bad. Also, we learned that the cops aren't sharing any information with the families. So, like, Kaylee's dad is going to the cops, and he's saying to them, you gotta tell me something. I'm desperately afraid this case is gonna go cold. He literally says, stop me from hurting myself, and stop me from hurting this investigation. Give Give me something. And according to Kaylee's dad, they give him nothing. They yeah. won't tell him anything. And I'm thinking, cops, I know you're like in this instance, you're working really hard on this case. I believe that. You gotta do better for the families. Just tell them something. Tell them it's going okay. Tell them we're gonna we're gonna let you know as soon as we can. We're working really fucking hard. Don't be a cold, distant dick yeah. to the family of the dead kids. I yeah, and I don't know what the solution is. I think the solution is just kindness. Yeah. I think like if we're gonna do like trainings, why not sure. like let's let's throw that one into the mix. Uh-huh. Like here's how you talk to a grieving family. How do you not do that at the academy? How is there not a fucking class? A in compassion that? course. Yeah. Like, if you're going to talk to the family of, we know they've been brutally murdered families. Yeah. Why can't you know how to talk to them better? Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, I'm just saying that. So December 7th, 2022, the cops make a statement. They wanted to speak with the owner of a 2011 to 2013 white Hyundai Elantra. Well, we know through the information we've gathered that that vehicle was in the immediate area of where the homicides took place in the early morning hours of November 13th. So we know the vehicle was there. We just don't know who was in it. They don't tell us why, and they don't tell us if that's because they think the suspect was driving it or a witness was driving it. They're like, we want to talk to the owner and ask for help. And I'm like, but isn't the owner probably the murderer? <laughs> yeah. But they're yes. acting like, yes. we, if, if you are the owner of this car... 
you have information that could <clears throat> help us. Exactly. And I'm like, because that's the person who did it. Because we're going to learn later that the cops were actually looking for this car internally. They had done like an internal bolo just to cops. Like they'd be on the lookout for like weeks and weeks and hadn't come up with anything. So now they're appealing to the public. And I think they they know if the killer sees this, he's going to know he's caught. Right. They're appealing to people who might know a person who might be the killer. Right. So if you know somebody with a white Hyundai Elantra. From 2011 to 2013 only. Exactly. We'll get back to that in a minute. <laughs> Call in and let us know. And so there are a couple of spottings. Like, one is in Eugene, Oregon. Like, nothing comes of it. But the yeah. TikTokers go crazy for a week and then it's a nothing burger, right? Yeah. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Did the social media people help with the Gabby Petito case or no? I don't know. Like, are there instances in which it's good? Well, the thing is, like, this isn't Bob Ruff getting somebody out of prison. Uh-huh. There are two different, I think, your intention... When you're in it just for the, when you're like leaning over your desk at work and you're yeah. just speculating about the psychic medium, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Is there like a fuck off talk? There should be. Can I be on it? I know. I think I am on it. <laughs> Because I see a lot of stitches of people being like, here's why this is bullshit. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, oh, okay, yeah great. totally. I'm on like burn down the patriarchy talk. Yeah. Whatever that is. I love that Everything has you. a talk at the yeah. end. Yeah. Anyway, so meanwhile, like while all of these nothing burgers are happening. What the web sleuths didn't know was that behind the scenes, police were gathering security camera video, capturing images of a white Hyundai Elantra driving past the King Road house three times just before the murders. Returning a fourth time, at 4.04 a.m. and leaving the neighborhood in a very big hurry 16 minutes later. The car drives to the house the fourth time at 4.04 and then 16 minutes later leaves in a big fucking like hurry. speeds out of the neighborhood. So, like, this is the person who's ever driving this car is the fucking murderer. Right. So before the cops asked the public, they put out their bolo to these other agencies. Yeah. And there was a campus cop at Washington State University who took some initiative and, like, started working for the car. Now, this is what I'm saying. Like, this person who took the initiative and ends up being the guy who finds the guy yeah. did not do this via social media. He waited for the cops to put out a statement with real, concrete information, and then he went to work. And I just want to make a note, if you're not the best at geography... Yeah, like me? Me. When I w did a show in Minneapolis and I thought it was near Texas. Okay. I was like, why isn't it warmer? <laughs> in Minneapolis? I was like, it should be warmer in Minneapolis. We're so we're so far south. Okay, so then this is yeah. for you. Okay, cool. And also me. Um, right. WSU Washington State is an eight-minute drive from the University of Idaho. Yes. So it sounds like the University City of Idaho and Washington State, they must be far. No, yeah, no, no, no. It's yeah. like they're right there and that is super, super important. Absolutely. So this guy, this campus cop at the University of Washington basically takes the information about the car that the police are looking for and he's like, for shits and giggles, puts it into the system of the college for the employees. Because it's 10 minutes away from the murders. Exactly. And in that system is where the campus cop found a Hyundai Elantra white with Pennsylvania plates. The car was registered to a Brian Koberger. First time that name turned up, actually. Well, he finds a Hyundai Elantra, but it's from 2015. Now, can I ask a question? Yes. Do cars really change that fucking much from year to year? I I think that there are some identifiable things about a car that if you know cars, 
you can identify and say that like, you oh, can that's see the... from surveillance. Yeah, maybe at four in the morning. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, the look of skepticism on your face is severe. Because my my <laughs> thing is, because at first the cops were like, "Oh, you found a white Elantra." Unfortunately, yeah. it's two years after 2013, so that simply can't be it. Look at the car that's ten minutes away from the campus. I totally agree because what happens is the campus cop turns in this tip anyway, even though it doesn't fall within the time frame, and this tip just goes onto a list of other tips about white Elantras. Right. And the cops aren't looking at it. Right. Now, as you can probably tell, this ends up being the fucking guy. Yeah. But, like, the tip gets lost for a fair amount of time. Yeah. So the car is registered to Brian Koberger. Yes. You probably know that name by now. He is an incel and he hates women. He's also a criminology student, part-time teaching assistant. He lived on campus at Washington State University. Yeah. So remember, the murders were in early November. The week of December 12th is the finals week for both colleges, the University of Idaho and Washington State University. And so, but then that week... Brian's dad flies out to Washington State to make the 2,800-mile drive home for Christmas break with Brian. It's a road trip. And so, like, basically, the killer is about to, like, get out of town, and the cops haven't even looked at this tip yet. But they're driving that white Elantra across the country. Yeah. And what's wild about that is, like, after the fact, when we know who it is and what the car is, I guess Dateline just did, like, a search for traffic stops or whatever. Because they get stopped twice in Indiana. A traffic stop for tailgating. Brian at the wheel. We're slightly clutching because we've been driving for hours. Hours, days. Okay. Minutes later, a second traffic stop just down the road, still in Indiana. But no citation either time. Was that just a coincidence or something more? The cops are, like, stopping them for, like, minor traffic violations, not giving them tickets. They're fucking talking to the killer that everyone in the fucking world is looking for. And we see the body cam footage. It is wild. Yeah, because the bolo was put out on December 7th. So they're stopped on the 13th, the 15th, the 16th. And it's just, like, minutes late, like, on the same day. Yeah. Twice in the same day. He's, like, a real shitty driver. Yeah, it's, like, a routine traffic stop for some tailgate. They're not going to the tailgate. But, like, oh, they got chosen randomly. Yeah. It's just crazy to see them. I'm looking at Brian because you can see him on the body cam he killed four people everyone in the world is looking for him only he knows it and he's talking to a cop and I'm trying to see like are you shitting your pants and he does look terrified and what's with the dad who knows who knows you know it's giving me like strong laundry vibes yeah so but meanwhile the cops make a discovery the knife sheath was found at the crime scene and there's DNA on it so to be clear the knife that Brian Koberger used is like a fucking terrifying scream the movie murder knife right it's like a it's like like a real fucking weapon. I know yes. all knives are weapons. I'm just saying. Yes, this is yes, nice. yeah. And it had a sheath on it. And in the course of committing these murders, Kaylee's parents truly believe that she was able to rip the sheath off the knife and throw it somewhere so, at, so that cops could find it as evidence. And like, if you're Brian Koberger and you leave the house after the murder and you realize the sheath to your knife is gone, again, are you shitting your pants yeah. all the time? Because you left a major fucking piece of evidence. Right. And I'm sure, like, I, I just wonder what the conversation was. Like, when did the road trip idea come to be. Yes. Whose idea was it? Yep. Why did he want his dad to fly all the way Get out the and then hell drive out of all the way back? And yeah. why did he not like destroy the Elantra? Like a lot of questions. Because we get another... Although I'm glad he didn't do any of that. No, same. But we get another story about how Brian Koberger was a teaching assistant and was a real dick about it. He was the guy who was grading your papers and he graded them harshly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Hayden said that grading style continued for weeks and then it changed. A month and a half straight of just hundreds doesn't really, you know, it kind of evens it out. When did that change? Yeah, exactly, right? 
looking back, it lines up pretty well also with, obviously, like, November 12th, 13th, like, through there. The week of the murders, all of a sudden, he was the easiest TA in the world. Because he had other things to fucking think about. Yeah. But anyway, the cops have this sheath, and they, they get DNA off of it. And this is a little unclear, I think, intentionally. The cops had a list of, like, if we get DNA from this sheath, we want to compare that DNA to this list of people. Yeah. They're vague about how they got that list, but Brian Koberger is on it. Right. So they focus on the Koberger family tree, yes, right? That's what exactly. they're telling us. So this DNA is analyzed by, how do you call it? Forensic genetic genealogist. So basically they're looking at the family tree of the DNA. Yeah. Brian Koberger, who is one of their suspects, is in the family tree of the DNA found on the sheath, right? right? So that enables them to now get a search warrant for his phone. And the phone, the cell phone, the pinging of the cell phone is how they figure out a lot of shit. Right. Keith goes, it's a treasure trove. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. So, for example, um, his phone was on except for the time the cops think the murders took place. So he's like me. His phone is always on, right. but mysteriously off at the time of the murders. And then he pinged near and at the crime scene, and he pinged there, like, a lot in the months before the murders, and a lot meaning 12 times. 12 times in the months. So they're saying he's, like, stalking this house. And the cameras around town are picking up his car coming and going from King's Road, a.k.a. where the murders took place. So he was all around that house. Fucking piece of shit. Yeah. And it, and the cops are just like, this is it, people. Go, go, yeah. go. Because <laughs> right. like, so they, they know Koberger's like at the family home in Pennsylvania. Celebrating Christmas. <laughs> Fuck that. Let's ruin this guy's Christmas morning. They break in. The agents went in with force. They broke multiple windows and doors to gain access to the house. It's a dynamic entry. So, um, so kicking in windows and doors is an extremely dynamic entry. Right? Um, it's something that's not done typically all the time. They kick in all the doors and windows. Right. Necessary? Probably not. But let's ruin this family's Christmas. Like, whatever. Right. Usually, if it was anyone else, I'd be like, those people have rights! So, can you imagine you're just sitting there drinking your eggnog, opening your shitty Christmas presents? Well, I do have to say, it was December 27th. Yes. Which is like, you know what? Let's make that day even worse. What? Wait, what? what's wrong with that day? Because it's like all over. Oh, the holidays are over, you mean? Yeah, and then you have like New Year's Eve, but that's like amateur night. And then we have to like start all over again. And then you see people who are like, oh, there's Christmas stuff up, but you can't, you have like nothing to look forward to. I, yeah. I just imagine you're sitting there on the couch, like watching whatever, like the nightmare before Christmas. And all of a sudden, like men nice. in black are just kicking in the fucking windows. Yeah. Everyone is scared to death. Well, I think we can all rest easy knowing he didn't have a nice Christmas. No, Because he knew yeah. this day was coming. For sure. I hope he rats in hell. Yeah. So, but now like we're off and running, right? Like yeah. science is amazing. And by December 30th, they arrest Brian. Yeah. And like we start to get a little bit of his backstory and like, I don't fucking care about any of this but we meet a bunch of like friends from like his like school God. and college days who are just saying that he was like fat and picked on like same girl same guess who didn't end up being a fucking murderer yeah like you guys it's not that deep he hates women yes. like we don't have to like I'm so sick of these fucking deep dives about how he got there I don't give a fuck yeah he's a, he's a murderous he's a piece of shit Next. Yes. And honestly, I do think we're going to learn more about him, like, in the coming... And, like, I agree with you. Like, we don't need to talk about the backstory. But, I like, is there anything that we could have done differently to not fucking create a monster? Yeah, that's the whole argument, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Are they born? Are they made? <laughs> the look of exhaustion. I know, Like, I know this This stuff immediately makes you and me both just want to go to bed. It, I, I, I am instantly like, remember Helix? <laughs> I know. <laughs> but there were also, like, 
signs. Like there's this this college classmate Madison, yeah, who like just tells us that Brian is like that that annoying guy who just had to let everyone know that he knew the answer. Whenever he raised his hand, he definitely took it upon himself to answer the question, but yet then give every single detail that he possibly could to help further his point. It was always like, oh, Brian's answering this question. This is going to take up the whole entire class. Had to just like wax poetic for 15 minutes and yep. like whatever. But he's but also like studying criminology so he can learn how cops like process murder scenes. But he'd also just creepily stare at Madison and her friends. Like yes. intensely... He'd never want to talk to them. Yeah, He would just, like, stare at them. And, and it's like, he gave so many signs. And guys. she also said, like, he never made friends. He was a total loner. But we also learn, once he's been arrested, he wants to be extradited to Idaho immediately so he can go and prove his innocence. He can't wait for this all to be over with and right. be proven innocent once and for all, everybody. <laughs> like, fuck off. Where is fuck off talk? I, I want to be on it. Because eventually we meet this FBI guy who's basically like, look, he's like, not all murder cases where you get the suspect are strong cases. This is a really strong case. You know, they could put him at the house 12 times in the months before the murder. Yeah. So close to the back door that he's like connecting to the Wi-Fi, meaning he's trying the back door. Right. And like everyone in his life is like he was a fucking creep. And I don't know, he's on Reddit like posting under the name Papa Roger about the fucking case. Yeah. So not only is he posting about the case, talking about evidence that the cops haven't released at all. Yeah. Like he knows stuff that happened because he was there, he was there and before he did it. it's released to the public. And then if someone questioned him, he'd just get defensive, right. which is like, oh my God. And then he was also like posting online, asking other people about like, hey, if you got away with a crime, how'd you do it? <laughs> right. This is for science. But he's right, right, so right. like, I feel yeah. like he was screaming. Yeah. Just like, I'm a fucking creep and I'm going to kill somebody. And it seemed like he wanted to get caught. Yeah. But then on January 5th, the cops released the probable cause affidavit. And this is really eye-opening because we get a, like a glimpse inside the murders. Like we get a little bit of understanding as to what happened. From Dylan, a roommate who survived. Exactly. And she says she woke up at four, like this haunts me. Ever yeah. since I heard this at first I can't stop thinking about it. She woke up at 4 a.m. to the sound of Kaylee playing with her dog. And then Dylan says she hears somebody saying, There's someone here, followed by crying, and a male voice saying, It's okay, I'm going to help you. Dylan said she opened her door to check on what was happening and saw a man clad in black clothing and a mask walking towards her. She opens her door to seeing a man in black clothing with a mask, a.k.a. the murderer, who's just murdered four people in her house, walking towards her. And she says she stood frozen, and he walked right past her and out the back door. Right. Now... That's so traumatizing. Yeah. I get that. We then learn Dylan says she locked her door. Now, all of this is from the affidavit. She She's not here for an interview. This is what she told the police. Dylan then locked her door and hid in her room. And it was eight hours before anybody called 911. And we get no information on any of that. Yeah. And you know what? Like... I don't care. You know, like, yeah, I, I just... It's curious, though. Like, yeah. Dylan, in hindsight, knows that she just saw the murderer. Maybe she didn't know that at the time. We don't know why Dylan went to her room and didn't call the police. Like, we don't know what was going on, but it took eight hours for anybody to call the cops. Yeah, and I just I just can't help thinking, like, that poor... Like, she, the survivor's guilt. Yes. The trauma yeah. of it. And I remember seeing, like, a couple of, like, stitch, you know, on TikTok where you can, like, 
play a little bit of someone's video and then you stitch it and then you yeah. like chime in with your commentary. And I remember seeing a lot of people like stitching videos where, you know, like internet TikTok people have who have no connection being like, you know what doesn't sit right with me? And it's like, fuck yeah. what doesn't sit right with totally. you. She survived. Yep. It doesn't matter. Like, yep. you know what? There are some things that Dylan probably could have done differently, says a bullshit TikToker. And it's like, right. you know what you could have done differently? Like not say that and put it out in the world. <laughs> right. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like why, like why people don't immediately go to like, what a horrible, tragic thing. Like, just feel awful about this and keep your mouth shut. Right. <laughs> I, I just don't understand no. why people go to that and not like, I hope she is okay and will be okay again. Like, I could never deal with that. I couldn't agree people. more. And people are saying... The biggest question of all, the one that tortures the families, confounds the investigators, is why? If Brian Koberger is the killer, why did he do it? He didn't appear to know anyone living in the King Road house. What is known, according to the affidavit, is that Koberger's phone was detected near the house at least a dozen times prior to the killing. This is, again, where we get, like, the fact that he was near the house 12 times in the months leading up to that murder. Yeah. And it's sort of like... The idea is either he was stalking one of the women who lived in the house or he had been rejected by one of the women who lived yeah. in the house and wanted revenge. I mean, those to me are like, that's it, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I think someone, I don't know how, I mean, I feel like this is a pretty big party town. There are two colleges 10 minutes away from each other. It, yeah. it makes total sense that everyone had friends at school. They were going to parties and maybe like... Brian was at a party, saw Kaylee, smiled. She, you know, she didn't give him the time of day. And now yep. he stalked her and killed her and her friends and her boyfriend. Like, to me, it's like, yep, it's, that fucking tracks. Yeah, isn't it's that? It's not that fucking serious. I know. It's not that serious. People hate women. Yeah. They, men are incel men want to kill us. We don't even have, like, there is there is absolutely a world where Kaylee or Maddie or Zana or someone didn't even do anything outwardly. Like, she maybe actually didn't even look at him and that was the big offense. Yeah. Like, it doesn't take much. And the murders happened in November. They can trace him back to, like, going by the house the first time in August. Yeah. All of that time and all of that planning, getting so close to the back door that he's connecting to the Wi-Fi to see if the back door is open, learning that it is open. Now he can get in. Now he's got to go buy the knife. At no point did this guy think, I shouldn't do this. Yeah. No, God, of course not. You know? And like, there could have been, I mean, maybe this has been proven otherwise. I don't know. I haven't been following the case closely, yeah. so I don't know. But like, is there a world where he was one of the 150 people at a party one night? Right. Totally. 100%. And just like scoping out the scene and then all, it doesn't take much to like walk through with like a red solo cup of beer with yep. your hood up you walk in and out everyone's drunk no one's like I think he learned how to be invisible Yeah, and I, I don't I think because he was pinged so close there I think he was in that fucking house like a stalker creep oh my god I hate him Oh my God, girl, we did. What's it called? It's called Killings in a College Town on Dateline. Listen, I'm going to like stay on top of this story. I really am so sad for all of these kids. I want to know what is happening. Yeah. It's awful. Ethan, Madison, Zana, and Kaylee. I just want to say their names again because everyone's talking about Brian. And there's a preliminary hearing that is until June 2023, but like yeah. no one has any idea what's going to happen. So Dateline's going to be doing, like you said, I'm sure like eight episodes on this yeah. throughout the years yeah. as the case unfolds. Fam, I'm going to be in Atlanta tonight. 
tonight. Oh, I'm going to be in Atlanta tonight. Oh, You're my late. God. You got to go. You're late for a show. <laughs> then I've got two sold out shows in Indianapolis. And then I'm going to be in Kansas City on April 14th with my book party. Kansas City, please come out and see me. I'm dying to meet you. I want you to see the show. Everyone's <laughs> having a great time. Good. I'm glad. Come to Obsessed Fest, please. Oh, yeah, that's right. October, right? We've announced so many amazing people. We're announcing so many more. Come and just hang out and be with like-minded people and make new friends. If you're thinking about coming solo, do it. Oh, yeah. So many people came solo last year and made 100 new and best friends. And we have friends. solo meetups. Like, you're never alone when no. you're with us. It's going to be great. It's all kinds of true crime content, but also games and drag brunch and yeah. live shows. And it's just the best. It's just the best. And then join us on the Patreon. Okay, great. Okay, great. <laughs> what are we doing next time? We are doing Catching a Serial Killer, Bruce MacArthur. Oh, I've never heard of this person. Oh, he's a nightmare. Okay, great. It's real bad. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's another like creepy guy in a van being a, <gasps> being the worst. What? Why like, do they still make vans, girl? I don't know. My God. Because I guess some people have to take other, like a lot of people to places <laughs> at one time. <laughs> Aren't like mostly shuttles van? Like the I shuttles who are just like praising yep. about getting kids home safely. Yep, you're right. Don't blame the, the vans. It's the <laughs> murderers that are really at fault. It's not the vans. Not fault. all vans. Oh, right, exactly. All right, fam, we love you. Stay tuned for the trailer for that and our funny and hilarious outtakes. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you next week. All right, bye. All right, bye. There were men going missing from the gay village. I'm looking at these pictures that look like me. I started believing there is something wrong. For years, nothing happens. But when Kinsman goes missing, it's impossible to ignore anymore. The investigation became Project Houston. Because it was Houston, we have a problem. We had surveillance on MacArthur. We couldn't let him out of our sight. They run into the bedroom and they find a shocking discovery. Someone's life is on the line. Do you expect Santa Claus to be killing and dismembering men? He was interviewed as a witness. He wanted to help. He seemed genuine. The police had no idea what the hell they were dealing with. Three human torsos and assorted bones have been found in large planters. I think I could have been one of them. I'm on like like burn down the patriarchy. I'm during the patriarchy. <laughs> So they say, like, everyone seemed to know them. They were all in Greek life. Did you just say all of that? I did. Okay. <laughs> you were just caught on the beauty of the name Maisie, which I I appreciate. really was. I, you know, you've seen that meme where it's, like, all through the 80s, parents were like, don't get in a car with a stranger. And now that's, I do it now, twice a day. You literally call a stranger to your location right. and they get in a car with them. And it's like, just make sure you they know it's not your house. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'll do my best. I love my For You page. I'm not on true crime TikTok at all. I'm oh, on God. Taylor Swift talk. I'm on Harry Styles talk, which I'm, I urge everyone to get I on. I am on, like, fail talk, which is my favorite. I'm on if, dog talk. I'm on, like, plane crash talk. I don't know how I got there. I'm on dog talk. <laughs> I'm on, like, witch talk, I guess. <laughs> I'm always sending you dog TikToks. And which you're like, I, I know. I'm you're like, like, I've seen this a hundred times already. Yeah, dogs at daycare <laughs> and their problems. So good. <laughs> 